0: Hello, my Rebels. Today, I want to take you through the worst tweet in the history of Saskatchewan. Now, you might think, well, come on, Saskatchewan. How bad could it be? Oh, ho, 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 I will show you. Uh, we actually did an access to information request to get you uh, the background behind this tweet. 23 pages of back and forth about this tweet. It's a doozy. You're going to like today's show. I want to invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus, though. You get the video version of this podcast. I want you to see this because because you're just going to hear me reading these emails back and forth. I want you to see it, to, to know that it's real. It's quite something. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com. That's our video version of these podcasts. You get my daily show, weekly shows from three of our other stars, and the satisfaction of supporting one of Canon's only independent media companies. We don't take any money from Trudeau. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, behind the scenes in the government's dumbest tweet. It's December 13th, and this is the Ezra LeVant Show. Why should others go to jail when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. I saw this tweet by the Saskatchewan Health Authority just uh, two months ago. You can see this is a real tweet. That little blue check mark means that this is a verified account, not an imposter. This is the Saskatchewan government, their public health authority, the people who actually make the rules that we live under these days, none of these details were actually ever debated in a legislature and voted on by elected officials. So. Uh, Here's what they said in their tweet, these unaccountable, unelected bureaucrats. They said, your risk from COVID-19 is not determined by age, fitness level, or community. Your risk is determined by vaccine status. 78% of all new cases and hospitalizations in Saskatchewan in September were unvaccinated or partially vaccinated people. Hmm. Um, Now, just FYI, before I get into my main story today, I checked on the Saskatchewan Health Authority's website today, and while it was once true that most cases of the virus were amongst the unvaccinated, that is no longer true. Uh, You can see two colors on this chart. Green are unvaccinated people. Yellow are vaccinated people. Over time, the pandemic has changed. It's now mainly vaccinated people who are catching it according to the government's own statistics which sort of means we need to change the definition of the word vaccination, don't we? I mean, it used to mean you can't get the disease anymore if you're vaccinated. What do you call it when you can get the disease, even though you took the shot? I'm not sure, but I I don't think it's really honest to say you're vaccinated. Uh, Saskatchewan is actually onto its fourth dose now in one calendar year, four doses in a year. And just to remind you, Trudeau has gone ahead and signed a deal with Pfizer for literally hundreds of millions more doses for years to come. Works out to about 10 for every man, woman, and child.
1: While more and more Canadians are getting vaccinated right now, it's also important to plan ahead for the future. We've reached an agreement with Pfizer for 35 million booster doses for next year and 30 million in the year after. This deal includes options to add 30 million doses in both 2022 and 2023, and an option for 60 million doses in 2024. Pfizer has been a solid partner for Canada in this fight against COVID-19, and we're happy to be one of the first countries to secure an agreement with them going forward. These boosters will be the latest version of the Pfizer vaccine based on research and testing, and they will help us keep the virus under control and the work doesn't end there either we're on ongoing discussions with other vaccine manufacturers about their plans for booster shots
0: but that's not what's so crazy about this tweet what you probably detected the crazy part let's just take a look at it again here your risk from covid19 is not determined by age fitness level or community your risk is determined by vaccine status yeah that ain't right Uh, We've known that since very early in the disease. It's a disease of the old. It's a disease of the fat. It's a disease of the already sick, people who have an underlying comorbidity. That means they had an existing sickness like heart failure, kidney failure, Alzheimer's. I mean, serious stuff like that. And in Canada, it's uh, unfortunately a disease of nursing home uh, patients because there are euthanasia orders in many nursing homes, especially in Quebec. That's why half of the deceased in the first year were from nursing homes in Quebec, which has just 25% of the population, but they had half the deaths because the Quebec government and their nursing homes and impatient children were happy to use the pandemic as an excuse to say goodbye to grandparents. That's not my opinion. That's what the provincial inquiry into nursing home deaths found. You'd have to be will- willfully blind to not know that this is a virus of the old. Saskatchewan has purged its public websites of their age-related information. I guess it wasn't scary enough to anyone under the age of 70. Toronto used to have the same information online. They changed their website last year too, so you can't really see how bad it really is. They talk about cases. Uh, It wasn't scary enough before. Alberta is one of the few places that continues to publish details like, you know, The fact that the average age of people who died from the disease is around 80. So, half the cases are 80 and higher in age. I don't know if you can understand this strange graph of dots, but it's from the Alberta government website. Old people get sick, even older people go to the intensive care unit, and the oldest people in society occasionally die from this disease. Every death is a source of grief. Someone who is 80 wants to live to 81, someone who's 90 wants to live to be 91, I do think we can say as a society that if we have to choose, it's better to have a disease that takes you at the twilight of your life rather than the dawn of your life, but that's a matter of opinion and morality. What the Saskatchewan Health Authority said was not a matter of opinion. They stated as a fact, well, let me read it to you again. They said your risk from COVID-19 is not determined by age, fitness level, or community. Your risk is determined by vaccine status. I'm sorry, that's a lie. That's disinformation. Coming from a government bureaucracy, that means it's propaganda. That undermines trust in all health authorities, especially Saskatchewan. So that undermines trust in this whole thing we're in. Why would they do that? Let me read that again. Now, I mean, if you, if you scroll down, scroll down a little bit. Do you see that little note in blue there under the tweet? Who can reply? People Sask Health mentioned can reply. Well, they didn't mention anyone. So. The government bureaucracy banned anyone from replying to that tweet. Why would they do that? They normally don't do that. In fact, I've never seen them do that before. Why did they ban people from talking about their tweet? Well, they can't quite stop people from talking about it. People can quote their tweet and and comment on it. Do you see that? More than 4,300 people have done that. That's an enormous number of people who are calling them out. I don't think I've ever seen that before for something like a Saskatchewan government account. So here at Rebel News, we filed an access to information request with the Saskatchewan Health Authority asking for their behind-the-scenes notes about this tweet because it was a government work product we're allowed to ask. And we got the access to information request. We'll put the whole document on our website so you can read it for yourself at leisure. It's 23 pages long. And we put the whole thing on the website so you can take a look. And the weird thing is we do a hundred of these access to information requests a year, probably, probably more. And we just get them or we don't get them or we get them partially blacked out. Usually they're delayed months or years. So full credit to these guys for actually getting this to us, uh, within the time frame. but it starts off with a defensive little letter to us about how hard it is to be them. So, SHA, just to remind you, stands for Saskatchewan Health Authority. And here's what they wrote in their, in their little document package to us. They said, Unfortunately, the SHA was forced to disband comments on Facebook in early September and remove the ability to reply to SHA tweets and have set up an auto response on direct messages, with staff told to ignore abusive messages because of the visceral and threatening nature of comments directed towards those monitoring running the channels. Abuse has included swearing, threats, etc. This ongoing abuse has resulted in sick leave for our employees, and we have had to ensure conscious breaks in their schedule to get away from what they experience daily. So you're taking sick leave because of a mean tweet. I mean, I I get mean tweets every, every second of every minute of every hour. I either ignore them or I I block them, you know, there's a button on Twitter, and a button on Facebook, and a button on Instagram. You don't have to take uh, sick leave when you see a mean word. You just push the button and that person's blocked forever. But then again, I, I don't have a government job with the Saskatchewan Health Authority that lets me take a day off because I saw someone disagree with me. But hang on. I already showed you they banned replies to their tweet. They're just trying to get sympathy here. They they, they didn't get any replies. They banned them. By the way, I don't encourage threats. But I also know that if someone really does make a threat, Twitter, Facebook, all of them, they will suspend an abusive account immediately. Immediately. So call me skeptical about how uh, abusive these were. And of course, if there was any real threat, like a real threat, we'll give it to police. Did they do that? I don't know. But... We have submitted an access information request to find that out too. I'm a skeptic, but let's start here. Page 11 of the document, Jason Vanstone, PhD, a research scientist who works for the Saskatchewan Health Authority, as you can see in his email signature. So he's part of their team and he's a little worried by their tweet. He says, hey folks, uh, your recent tweet about risk from COVID-19 not being determined by age, fitness level or community, might be misleading, as it most certainly is. Vaccine status is definitely part of it, but so are those other factors. Might consider a revised tweet to highlight that vaccine status is one of the most important factors at this point, but the others are still relevant, even for those fully vaccinated. I think that's right. I have my doubts about whether or not vaccines work in any meaningful long-term way. Four shots in a year suggests they're not quite doing what they promised they would. But for the sake of argument, let's say they have some positive effect. But to say that that's more important to your risk as opposed to being fat or old or sick, that's that's just a lie. And their own in-house research PhD told them so in a really friendly way. So the reply from a bureaucrat whose name was hidden from us is, thanks for your note. We didn't say anything we haven't said before, although I can see his point that vaccination status is one major factor for determining risk of COVID infection, along with others like age, bubble size, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I have flagged for Michelle and we are discussing. So the first line of defense is, okay, it's not true, um, but we've told the lie before, so can't we do it again? They feel entitled to say it again. But, But even there, they admit, in private that they were misleading. Those other factors are important even though they said they are not, they lied. But look at what the big boss, Krista Boychuk says in reply. The tweet stays. Message was on point for what we have been trying to push. And Twitter was not made for nuances. I had checked with Kim. (laughs) Got it. So they know they're wrong, but what can they do? Twitter isn't made for nuances or things like truth and falsity. It's all about saving face now and what they want to push, even though their own expert says they're wrong. I'll read some more. They have what looks like a direct message exchange. And again, they're hiding the name of the woman who wrote the lie. I can understand why. She says, Twitter is on fire with people calling the Saskatchewan Health Authority liars, making all sorts of claims to support that view. In retrospect, I could have worded it differently, but Twitter is limited characters. And I, I in no way, did I respond uh, anticipate the reaction I got. So I, I didn't know someone would catch me on my lie. So again, in private, they admit they are misleading people, but hey, Twitter's short. So you know, when you have short messages, it's so much easier to, to, to lie. Is that what they're saying? Short messages naturally lend themselves to lying? Okay, I hadn't heard that one before. Here's another internal message from someone else too ashamed to use their real name. I'm stepping away because I'm getting very angry. If you are asked about it, the tweet is not new information. We have often said your risk is dependent on your vaccination status. It just got the attention of the anti-vax conspiracy, I hate everyone groups today. No, 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 but but it's not that, that... people were upset that they were claiming vaccination status as a factor. I think most people would agree it is. I, I would too. They said those other factors are not factors. That's the lie. They won't face up to their own lie. And then someone else replied, don't worry about it and walk away from the channels. They aren't worth your energy. So she wrote the lie. She admits it's not true. She admits she could have phrased it better, but She's the one who's angry at people, at voters, at taxpayers. She's angry at the public, and she's hiding her name from us because of insults. But she calls other people crazies and conspiracy theorists. Who? Who, like that PhD who said they were wrong? Is he a crazy conspiracy theorist? They're not worth your energy. (laughs) their only job is to pay taxes to support your cushy job you can see the whole chain of internal emails at uh, on, on the pdf document but this one was quite something this is the michelle from that internal note as you can see from her uh, linkedin page her name is michelle Beauser, whose linkedin bio says she is a longtime government bureaucrat who just happened to used to work for the cbc well At least we know where she gets her approach to fake news from. She's the boss of all media for the Saskatchewan Health Authority, for the so-called conservative government. Here's what she said in a staff email. She said, so this tweet igniting on social media, the main issue outside of the crazies is that they feel vaccine status is not the only risk factor and that this is a misinformation propaganda. I think it is fine and just angry people these days want to flag for you because we've even had staff chime in arguing that this is a main risk factor and not liking our wording. It seems on message to me. But if the reaction rattled and then they hide her name and she is worried now she did something wrong, so we can leave it or delete it. I, I say we leave it. I told her to walk away from the channels. People are even more aggressive and mean than usual. Got it. The crazies. They caught us saying something accurate, those crazies. They say it's misinformation. Um, They're just being mean. It's fine. Leave it up. And then Kim McKechnie weighs in, yet another communications bureaucrat. I swear, they have more spin doctors than actual doctors at the Saskatchewan health authority. She says, I see, no problem with it, but agree that walking away is best approach when people are being idiots, (laughs) they're idiots. Uh, Here's some more. Thank you. This will make her uh, feel better. The trolls got to her today, which always gives me pause. That's another bureaucrat saying that. Okay. Um, So their own PhD says they got their facts wrong. The woman who wrote the fake news tweet admits she was wrong, should have worded it differently. They, They all admit that. They all acknowledge it's wrong to say that those other factors are not risk factors. Of course they are. We all know that but they can't bear to admit they're wrong. They must stand by the lie because the people who criticize them are just idiots, (laughs) crazy people, trolls, conspiracy theorists beneath them. I mean, not their own PhD, but, but the other ones. These are your public servants who live off your taxes. The tweet is still up to this day. Today, check it out for yourself. Because the bureaucrats all agreed They couldn't lose face. That was more important than fixing inaccurate advice to the public. They they actually stopped work that day because it was too mean. Here's someone whose job is reading tweets, but she just wouldn't do it. I am not reading them because it just makes me upset. So Twitter is basically going on monitor today. And her, her boss replies, yep, that is fine. Ignore and don't worry about it. I know it's brutal. I'm sorry you're facing that. Yeah, I'm sorry those people are such idiots and upset that you're lying to the public about the virus. Could you imagine if a real company with real accountability just had its staff blame storm and call customers' names and refuse to fix a problem and take the day off because they were too proud to admit they got it wrong? Could you imagine a real company being run that way? And And not even, I'm not even talking about firing anyone or discipline, I'm just they won't even correct an error because they'd lose face. Their largest tweet in history. So the tweet just checked analytics and it has gone from 134,000 impressions yesterday at 3 p.m. to 3.67 million impressions a day later. Explains why notifications are so busy with vile reactions. So that's 3.6 million people, are they, are they all vile? The 3.6 million people who saw this And couldn't believe the lie emanating from the government. Are they all vile? So you're the only sane person. You're the only good person. You're the only polite person. The other ones are vile, idiot, crazies, conspiracy theorists, mean. Just a reminder, you can't believe a word the government says. They don't believe it themselves. They lie. We know they lie. They know that we know they lie. And still they lie.
2: Stay with us for more. Um, What you think standards should look like
3: for a trans woman competing in female athletics?
2: Yeah, I do have some thoughts.
4: I I don't know if you're familiar, but the IOC recently released um, a new set of guidelines for um, inclusion on Transgender and intersex athletes. And I think the guidelines they set forward are very good and do a very good job of promoting inclusivity while keeping um, competitional integrity um, going. Where the IOC guidelines are that anyone, each sport basically, has to come up with um, eligibility criteria for what constitutes an unfair advantage in that given sport. Um, And then everybody is able to compete um, in the category they're most comfortable with unless there's a proven unfair advantage that they have. and this does a very good job of including trans women and not invading anybody's privacy or making anyone feel uncomfortable um yeah i think they those guidelines are, are very good
0: well just a couple of blokes talking about sports and keeping it fair actually the second fellow there uh doesn't go by his uh, name his mama gave him will thomas Um, He's done three things just to change it up. I don't know if you saw he's wearing some discreet uh, earrings, but then again, a lot of fellas do. Uh, uh, I guess pirates have always worn um, earrings, but uh, this guy's sporting some earrings. He's got long hair, and he changed his name from Will Thomas to Leah Thomas. But if I didn't tell you that, you could be forgiven for thinking it was a couple of fellas talking about sport. But the thing is, Will Thomas, I can't really use that dead name or I'll be in trouble with politically correct, but Leah Thomas um, competed for the University of Pennsylvania in a 1650 meter swimming uh, race. That's a very long race. And he won by 38 seconds ahead of the second-place contender who was a biological woman. He's smashing records around America, new records, but not as a man, as a trans woman. Joining us now to talk about this our friend Barbara Kay, columnist from National Post, Western Standard Online, and apple Times. Barbara, I'm not trying to be mean, but if you did not know that that second person, I'm going to stop saying fella or bloke, If you didn't know that second person there was a trans woman, Mm -hmm. you would just say, okay, it's a guy with long hair and earrings. That's not rare these days. You would not even think for a second that was a woman, and yet he just is crushing all these female athletes in competition, isn't he?
5: He does. I mean, uh, Leah Thomas does look very masculine, uh, sounds very masculine, doesn't seem to have made a great effort to represent – herself as, uh, stereotypically feminine, um, but doesn't have to anymore. According to the rules, uh, you just have to self-identify, uh, he could have a beard and, um, uh, you know, uh, I mean, he could, he could look like any other man and it wouldn't matter as long as he says the magic words, I self-identify as female. And yes, uh, he's coming very close to, uh, the all time, records in female and women's swimming, uh, within a fraction or two of, of beating the all time best records. He is, uh, he's just smashing. Uh, the other women are very discouraged and very, they feel humiliated as well. They should, uh, the 38 seconds in swimming is three laps and, uh, it's, it's, It might as well be another sport altogether. Um, A couple of the things that he said in the interview about uh, as long as you don't have an unfair advantage, I think uh, his own record as a male swimmer where uh, he did okay, he was quite successful, but didn't set, uh, you know, um, he didn't set any records on fire or he didn't come close to to any uh, records. The fact that that is his record as a male swimmer against what he's doing now in the women's division, uh, is proof of an unfair advantage. And the other thing he said, he used the word integrity that you can have both fairness and integrity. You can't, uh, because in order to be fair, there has to be uh, a women's division that really is about biological women. And the third thing he said is, uh, you know, these rules are made not to fake anyone feel uncomfortable. Well, he makes everybody feel uncomfortable, uh, Ezra, to the point that, uh, and I was glad to know this, to the point that when he finished that 1650 freestyle and uh, touched the edge of the pool, that's usually the time when uh, the crowd erupts into applause and there was dead silence. And that, that tells you everything you need to know about how uh, this fiasco uh, is, is being perceived by, by ordinary uh, people who are attending these meets and want to see some fair competition. So uh, the fact that nobody organized this protest, I mean, it is like a protest if you don't clap. And the fact that nobody organized it, but it was a kind of a collective uh, response. Uh, everybody felt they just couldn't clap. Yeah. Uh, then they erupted into applause when the real winner, the, the, the first woman, came in. Uh, that tells you everything about how ordinary people are uh, viewing this situation. I'm kind of happy about that because it seems to me like a kind of tipping point uh, where people just are not accepting this anymore. And they're saying, look, this is, this is too crazy. Uh, something has to be done.
0: Well, uh, I have neglected to remind our viewers that you were the co-author with Linda Blade of the book Unsporting how trans activism and science denial are destroying sport. And the cover of that book, um, you know, is actually an artistic uh, representation of a weightlifting event where a young woman has young women work their whole lives, trained their hearts out and they're pushed off the podium by some bloke who couldn't hack it in the men's league. So comes in and sort of grabs it from the kids. it's, you can't even refer to satire five years ago anymore because it, it's not funny anymore. I mean, South Park had Randy the Macho Man Savage uh, in a, as a transgender woman. But even before that, I mean, 20 years ago, Kramer from Seinfeld, it was a joke that he went and competed Taekwondo against little kids. Now, it was hilarious because he was so proud that he beat these kids. And, I mean, but... He's Kramer. He's an idiot. It was a comedy, yeah. and but that's uh-huh. not even funny anymore. Because here you've got a Kramer character who looks just as masculine and out of place as Kramer did fighting those kids. But he's dead serious. Like he's not saying yeah. there's no punchline. There's no pause, and then but um, he's bloody serious. So when you say Barbara that that maybe this is a turning point, I say, who's going to turn it around? Like, there is no institution within sport if the Olympics themselves not clapping says a message. But if anyone were actually to speak out, they would probably be cast out of the competition uh, as being unsportsmanlike. This unsportsmanlike bloke steals gold. And if you were to Hmm. boo him, you would be kicked out for unsportsmanship, I'm sure of it.
5: The athletes uh, themselves, if they had protested, say, six months ago um, or walked out or, you know, refused to compete again, you're right, they would have been. But this is the first time I've seen as well, in addition to people not clapping, this is the first time I'm reading about uh, women competitors in at University of Pennsylvania who are talking and, and some of them are saying they're very upset about this and um, so I think that's changing, too. I think some of the swimmers, uh, they're upset with their coach, who uh, one of the one of the girls on the team said, uh, when asked about the coach's reaction, uh, said, our coach just likes winning. Hmm. So th- if the coach is prepared to go through this charade uh, in order to win, then, you know, boo on him, too. But the IOC, in their latest, you know, in their last declaration or statement, they kind of left the door open. They, they recognized themselves that lowering testosterone alone, which had been their only uh, the only uh, uh, thing you had to do, uh, is not sufficient. They said it was unfit for purpose, that policy, uh, because it's very clear that lowering... Uh, Thomas did have to lower his t- testosterone by a certain percentage in order to compete in the women's division, but he's only 2% off his time as a male swimmer. But as we see, as a male swimmer, uh, he was good, but not a celebrity uh, because most uh, at that level, at elite swimmers levels, he was not an outstanding male swimmer. Uh, Now, 2% less testosterone. He's a supernova in the women's division. So that's proof that testosterone alone is, is meaningless because he still has the muscle mass, the strength, the longer bones, the bigger lungs. Uh, there's like, you know, 15 different attributes that post-puberty males have, and nothing about that changes just by lowering testosterone. We're hearing all kinds of the UK Council uh, has has made a report, uh, and, and coincidentally and very fortunately, the Macdonald-Laurier Institute here in Canada has just uh, by a happy coincidence put out a report. I'll be writing about it for my column in the National Post this week. Uh, They have put out a report called Fair Game, and it's on this issue, and they have uh, uh, recognized uh, physicians, ethicists, uh, people who are expert in sport, who have uh, looked at the subject very closely, and they've come to the conclusion that the male advantage in sport. There's all kinds of graphs. It it, it runs from 10 percent up to 150 percent. A man's a man's ability to punch uh, is 150 times stronger than a woman's. So uh, that kind of an advantage in 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 uh, you know or lifting, power lifting. So. There's no question about it. And even the heads of the sports associations are saying, well, even if there is a male advantage, the the principle of inclusivity is more important. Our Canadian Centre for Ethics in Sport, the head of that, that association, uh, who sets the rules for Canada, the guidelines for Canadian athletes, he said, Paul Melia, he said, um, inclusivity is more important and if and even if there's a male advantage, uh, inclusivity is so much more important that we have to change the nature of sport to accommodate that. Uh, that's just absurd because what he really means is women have to suck it up uh, in order that these biological males can feel included. Uh, that's just unfair and uh, unethical. So um, the McDonald laurier Institute report, uh, they, they are advocating for Uh, a protected women's division and an open division and in the open division it can be men or it can be women who identify as men uh or women who don't identify as men but want to compete against men if that's what they want to do um and i think that's the only fair way you're going to get you know uh everybody to find their uh to find their their uh, uh place in sport nobody can guarantee you. You can gar- You be. You can be guaranteed participation in sport, but you can't dictate the yeah. the categories in which you deserve to be slotted. It has. To, in order to be fair, uh, we have to decide those objectively.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before. It's you're trying to control all other variables, so the competition is like versus like. It's the same reason why you have a heavyweight boxing uh, uh, division as opposed to a flyweight. I mean, if you have two guys each. Who weigh 140 pounds? That's a great fight. If a, if another guy weighs 250 pounds versus 140 pounds, that's not sport anymore. It's just not. In, it's not enjoyable. We we cringe. We feel like something terrible is happening, and it's because it's un. It's not. It's the opposite of. Sports. Yeah, you're
5: you're you're absolutely right. But I mean, and people say. Oh look at Michael Phelps. He had an advantage as a swimmer. you know he won all those gold medals. Uh, he was just an incredible Olympic swimmer, Michael Phelps and he had this unusual wingspan and he had feet you know big like flippers. but still uh, he was still competing within a category in which uh, it's still the male category. I mean anyone else and anyone, you know, else, any,
0: and anyone yeah. else could have taken him on. You can always opt into a harder league. The idea of opting into an easier league is the definition of unsportsmanship. You know, affirmative action is something that I've wrestled with as a conservative and a libertarian. I don't like it when you lower standards to help someone out who, you know, has, is weaker for some reason, who needs the help. You're, But this is the opposite. You're, lower, you're changing the standards not to, for a weaker person, but for a stronger person. You're letting mm-hmm. a stronger predator, and I'm not saying he's a sexual predator, I'm saying he wants his gold medals. And he can't get them on his own. So they're lowering the standards. Or they're not sorry, they're not lowering them. They're changing the key standards. So he gets to to beat up and, and I say beat up, take a look at this video, of you know, seeing mixed martial arts yeah. of men biological men pounding women. Sorry, that is not sport. I mean, we're used to brutality in martial arts. That's awful. Let me throw one thing at you. I mean, we have this, we, we talk about this from time to time. I'm so glad we do. But it made me think of the 1961 short story by Kurt Vonnegut called Harrison Bergeron. I don't know if you remember that story, Barbara. It was set like about 50 years in the future from now. And it was, everyone was extreme equality. So... Strong people had to be weighed down. Smart mm-hmm. people had to have a gong go off in their ear every few minutes to distract them from a thought. Beautiful people had to wear a mask. It was an, it's an incredible story, very short story by called Harrison Bergeron. Kurt Vonnegut, um, and the the beautiful moment was when Harrison Bergeron threw off the weights that were holding him down, and the beautiful ballerina took off her mask, and just for a moment they danced and it was beautiful, and then the state crushed them. It's a great little story. But Kurt Vonnegut, who wrote this in 1961, was thinking that's what happens when we try and make everyone exactly the same. He, but it was about making pretty people ugly and strong people weak and smart people dumb. That's what he thought the rules would be like in the year 2081 or whenever. But we have done something that even he in his dystopian imagination could not imagine, bringing in a brute to crush the weak. Even Mm -hmm. Kurt Vonnegut could not imagine that, Barbara.
5: Yeah, you know, that's a very good point, Ezra. I hadn't considered that. It's true. It's like uh, reverse affirmative action because that's true. affirmative action is supposed to help the disadvantaged uh, be able to share a platform with the with those that are naturally more advantaged uh, more privileged. And here we're taking a privileged person and and putting them into the arena uh, with the with the disadvantaged and saying uh, this this privileged person needs to feel included so, uh, suck it up, you disadvantaged people. Uh, they're taking a social element. There's, they're taking what is a social value. Yes, trans people should feel included uh, in the general life of society. And they're, 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 uh, uh, they're, they're p- transmogrifying it into a principle that with categories that are biological by nature and saying, well, this social principle now has to be translated into physical, Uh, Terms. So the one doesn't belong with the other. It's 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 a completely separate idea. Sport um, is made for. Why why do we have these divisions in the first place? Uh, If if there was no particular advantage, then there would just be open sport. Uh, So there's no argument they can make. There's no philosophical argument. There's no biological argument they can make that in any way makes what they're doing fair. And finally, they're just saying, you know what? We don't care if it's not fair. We want, we want trans people yeah. uh, to feel good about themselves. And we don't care uh, what price is paid yeah. by other people in order for that to happen.
0: You know, let me, I, I enjoy these conversations and we always go longer than, than I think we would. But I just love hearing your, what you have to say. I want to share with you a male thought because I think there's some things only women think of and some things only guys think of. I mean, for example, when when a man sees an another man being a male feminist, it immediately rubs the guy the wrong way because he says, I see the trick you're doing. You're trying to trick this woman by using this false language of feminism to get her guard. Like, I just think that men, re, both men and women see male feminists. Some women are enthralled by it, but almost universally, other men say, You're a trickster. I know what you're doing. There's a revulsion. I think it's why men dislike Justin Trudeau more than women do, because they say, you're a scammer. I see your moves. You're a a player. And let me give you a masculine reaction to that video we saw at the beginning. Maybe you you tell me if you had the same feeling, but my first reaction was, you have swallowed your pride and dignity not becoming a trans woman that's fine that's who you are go to it but to win you've you are speaking with great pride and confidence and arrogance but you know that it is a false prize you've won because every man looks at that guy and and no one's saying you can't express yourself or identify in the way you want but it's, It's like if Kramer was serious about Taekwondo against the kids. You'd say, what kind of man are you who would redefine that as a courageous, moral, sporting victory? He's degraded himself. I'm not talking about his sexuality. I'm talking about that he is so insistent that that is a win for him to be proud of. And not just that, you must be proud of it too. You must say that's a win. You must affirm the fact that he gave up. He quit trying to beat the guys. And he said, well, I'll bloody well win somehow. I'm gonna go to a kids league, women's league, whatever he did. And for him to then with a straight face say, I am a great sportsman, I think that's what get guys to say, you are lying to us about who you are. And I'm not even talking about your sexuality now, bro. I'm talking about the fact that you're pretending that you're proud of this. You know you're stealing. That's my masculine reaction and not a word of it has to do with sexuality.
5: You know what, I love this part of our conversation, Ezra. I love it because what you're saying is so great. Uh, I think a lot of women, I too uh, feel a lot of what you're feeling, but that's because I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to think as a totally objective observer here, but what, uh, what's happened with this whole movement is that uh, women, a lot of women, because they are, have been trained to be nurturing and kind and to, and to f- make other women feel included, they drank the Kool-Aid and they are primed to feel well. It's our job to welcome this woman into our ranks, um, and not to listen to that voice that's saying "imposter, imposter." But what I loved what what you said, Ezra. I loved what 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 you said is because as a person who's trans and let's let's buy for a moment the fact that he's really gender dysphoric and he really like does believe he's a woman he had a lot of years as a man to know how a man thinks and he had a lot of years as a male swimmer to know that it would have been wrong for him to swim in the women's division you can't tell me that in the last three years or the last two years since he decided that he was a woman that he forgot what it would be like for a woman or for a man uh, to do that to a woman. So somewhere in in his head, he knows that even if he thinks he's a woman, that he should not be doing what he's doing and that it's no win and there's no courage and there's no no reason to celebrate, but he must have a hide like a, a rhinoceros to be able to uh, put it out there that he just, you know, there was this big win going on. Uh, so thank you for saying what you did as a man. Uh, and I wish other men were out there saying the same thing. I think it would help women, uh, would give women the courage to say, well, thank you. F- okay, so I'm not crazy and I'm not wrong. And I, I'm i not being uh, bigoted or transphobic if I say Uh, that this person should know better than to do what they're doing.
0: Well, listen, I I love our conversations. I I look forward to the next one. It's nice of you to spend so much time with us today. Folks, if you don't have a copy of it yet, uh, the book co-authored with uh, Barbara Kay and Linda Blade is called Unsporting. I read that book. I learned so much. I thought I knew this subject. Boy, did I learn very interesting things. And, And I really recommend the book Unsporting. And, of course, you can read Barbara Kay in the National Post, uh, the Epoch Times, and Western Standard Online. Take care, my friend. Nice to see you.
5: Nice to see you, too, Ezra. Thanks for having me on.
0: Right on. Our pleasure. Stay with us. More ahead. Hey, welcome back. Your feedback. Silvio says complaining about Twitter is dumb. Getting off Twitter and going to new platforms is the way. I hear what you're saying, but look, um, hundreds of millions of people use Twitter and it's the communications tool of choice for the political class, for the corporate class, at least in Canada, United States, UK, Australia. Um, You can go to a self-selected conservative social media outlet and and we are on a couple of them, but then you're just talking to an echo chamber. And listen, I want to talk to our side too. I want to give them arguments and give them encouragement. But the whole point here is to change people's minds. If we're pushed out of the public square, if we're not allowed in the main debate, we're really being marginalized in society. Canuckster says, CBC, Global News, CTV, the list is endless. They all say they do not have an agenda. It's like saying Stalin or Mao had their citizens' best interest at heart. Well, of course, I wouldn't compare the media party with Stalin and Mao. They are literally murderers. But uh, we can see that um, I think it's possible to see how the media of the 30s and 40s in Germany could have gone along with things. I mean, we look back in history. We know how it started. We know the middle. We know the end. So we can take it all in one big uh, box what happened in the holocaust what happened in the second world war we know how the story ended but when you were going through it did you know in 1933 what would happen in 35 what would happen in 38 and 39 you didn't know and you know the old saying about boiling a frog slowly you put a throw i mean i would this is just a metaphor obviously you would never do this but you put a frog in boiling water hops right out but you put it in water and slowly heat it I, hope no one's ever tried this, but I can imagine the the frog slowly boils alive. If you have that incremental change, you don't notice it. And we have that incremental change in Canada. I mean, who would have thought five years ago that 99% of the journalists in this country would be on Trudeau's payroll? A. Todasso said, just watch the Epstein documentary on Netflix. A lot of people need to pay for this. It needs to go way up the chain. Lifetime sentences and media plastering of their faces for what they did. Yeah, that's a good idea. But the problem is the prosecutor is James Comey's daughter. And the judge is a Democrat appointee. Heck, why don't you just have Bill Clinton himself preside over things? All the names, all the details are being hidden by the prosecutor. All the photos, all thousands of digital images not coming out in the trial. It's a stitch up. It's an inside job. Well, my friends, that's the show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. And keep fighting for freedom. And let me leave you with our video today: Protesters gathering outside the Australian embassy in Vancouver to march for freedom down under. Isn't that interesting? Take a look at this. I'll see you later.
2: I feel like they're the canary in the coal mine uh, for the liberties that we're likely to lose next in Canada. So we want to show our support for the Australian people as well as, you know, warn uh, our fellow Canadians that, hey, listen, if they're setting up detention centres for people who are unvaccinated or whatever it may be in Australia, um, I'm fearful that those sorts of things could happen here too. And we got to say no. Tyrannical
1: governments are, have no place in our, our modern society right now.
5: If we don't stand up now, Canada is right on, Canada is following in those fifth steps very, very
6: quickly. We both just lost our jobs. We don't know what we will do for work because, you know, Bonnie Henry just decided that we don't need to work if we're not vaccinated, and I can't, with good conscience, just to go with it.
7: An S.O.S. is being sent out from Australia. I'm standing right across from the office for the Australian Embassy in Vancouver because there's people here gathered to stand up for the freedom of those down under. Andrea Humphrey here, standing in Vancouver, BC at 1075 West Georgia Street. Now generally when I cover protests about crazy, inhumane things happening in other countries that gets people together in Canada, it's about countries like China because of genocide to Muslim Uyghurs or the attack on sovereignty for Taiwan but today is different behind me you see about a hundred people who have come here to stand up for the freedoms of those in Australia a so-called free and democratic country one of the g7s we're going to talk to these protesters today but in case you're new to rebel news and you haven't seen some of the amazing footage that my colleague avi many has done outside of Australia take a look at why they need our help
4: as we were leaving one of the scenes a police officer violently pushes a from the distance look like a 70 year old woman and as she's on the ground they spray her with pepper spray you can see in the beginning she was no threat to anyone
0: lost my job you guys have your job and you're arresting kids are you kidding me what's happening oh. Some little girl, these f-ing heroes! My mate, we're sitting on top of the bus stop, and then they're like, get down, we
5: get down, say, yeah, we'll do that, fine. Three of the cops start grabbing and groping my mate,
1: saying she's arrested.
2: There's two little girls just sitting up on the bus stop. The cops come along, they hop down,
1: and then they decided to bash the crap out of him.
6: Shame! 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 Shame!
1: One of our cameras
4: actually capture the moment where the young lady was walking around looking for her friend that was just arrested.
7: And
3: a cop goes full bang,
7: he
4: shoves
3: me on the floor, and no one, no one will ever hold him accountable. Go, go,
6: go.
0: Right on. On. Stay
6: here,
1: no.
6: stay no. Get here.
1: Out here. Get, Maid, out here to...
6: get out of here! Get out of here! No, get
4: out of here! Get out of here!
0: Come, on, come with, with us! Come out of here. here. Come out, out here. of here. We're gonna move on. Get out of here now! Don't grab me, mate. I didn't do anything wrong. Don't grab me. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm out of here! course i going keep moving
7: out Are you a last minute Christmas shopper? We've got you covered. Support your favorite independent journalists by doing your Christmas shopping at rebelnewsstore.com and you can save 10% by using my code DREA10. That's D-R-E-A-10. We've got all the patriots in your family covered including the babies check out these little t-shirts and onesies and everything you buy there supports us bringing you the other side of the story make sure you get your order in before december 14th and merry christmas Protesters are now walking up the Robson Street going around the downtown area. If you haven't been following what's going on in Australia, again, we've covered it closely at Rebel News, but some of the crazy things happening out there are even talks about putting unvaccinated people into camps this coming spring. Take a look at this.
3: Quarantine facility that you announced uh, that will be built, I think, what, in the middle of next year. Do you still need that? Um, I think regional quarantine facilities are going to be needed into the future. Uh, We'll also need it for unvaccinated people. Unvaccinated people.
7: Unvaccinated people. If talk of putting healthy asymptomatic people into camps isn't crazy enough, also the pandemic powers bill that just got passed is an eye-opener. It gives the Premier Dan Andrews dictatorship-like powers. He's able to declare a pandemic. This isn't a doctor, guys. This isn't someone trained in it. He can declare a pandemic and then rule over the people, making rules and passing laws like no tomorrow. That's why we have a petition that you can go stand against this and sign.
4: We have delivered our petition with over 125,000 signatures demanding that the governor does not stamp
6: the
2: bill.
7: This is Clayton Wellwood, the president of the BC Libertarians. Why was it important for you to come to this protest today?
2: Well, we try to come out to these sorts of events whenever we can, anything that's pro-freedom. Specifically with Australia, though, uh, it's a country that's so similar in governance structure and culture to our own that I feel like they're the canary in the coal mine uh, for the liberties that we're likely to lose next in Canada. So we want to show our support for the Australian people as well as, you know, warn Uh, our fellow Canadians that, hey, listen, if they're setting up detention centers for people who are unvaccinated or whatever it may be in Australia, um, I'm fearful that those sorts of things could happen here too. And we got to say no.
1: Uh, We're setting up for Australian people that are being uh, treated like uh, very mean by their own government.
7: What do you think about that bill that just got passed that gave all that power to Premier Dan Andrews?
1: Uh, ridiculous, tyrannical governments are, have no place in our, our modern society right now.
7: Mm, and there's talk of camps there, I forget what they worded there but basically they've been building these facilities and they say that even unvaccinated and uh, One Promise might be ending up in those camps.
1: Uh, well, it looks like their history is repeating itself and uh, we're going to stand up and be the resistance to that in every way possible. And we're asking all everybody worldwide to stand up in unity to bring this uh, tyrannical globalist down?
3: So we came uh, from a communist country, Czech Republic, 20, um, 32 years ago, and um, my experience is when the communists uh, closed the border it stayed 20 years close and then it opened for a little bit and then it closed again uh, for another 20 years. Uh, so when they closed the border I knew right away this uh, governments don't close borders for two weeks. This must be uh, something that they do uh, plan. I um, And I said um, they closed the border in Czech Republic and then they they uh, got rid of businesses. My grandmother, she had an apartment building. They took it away from them. They took businesses away from them. And then the last thing they did, shortage of goods. We, we had a little bit of money, but we couldn't even buy uh, things for the, uh, for, for the money. Uh, so how did your family survive and, and come through that? Oh we with the government we actually had a pretty good life. the government was still providing uh, jobs. everybody had to have jobs. in communist country it was actually pretty good. Uh, everybody had to have jobs uh, but no travel there was no freedom. you couldn't travel outside the country and we actually were sentenced to prison for two years because we dared to leave the country. I love how you're like, it was pretty good, but you know, we got sent to prison for a couple of years. <laughs> we, you know, we could still uh, visit family. They didn't tell us we couldn't. We didn't have to wear masks. Um, we had enough food and um, we could still do sports outside. So a comparison to this, I must say the communist country was really good. <laughs>
7: What do you think about the bill that was recently passed in Australia that gives the premier sweeping powers?
5: Well, the, the you know you can pa- they are now passing
6: criminality into legal legalizing criminality. You can pass a bill for anything. Well, when when she had told me, oh, and you know they said, hey, it's not going to open up after two weeks. So I'm like, come on, you know, maybe three weeks, a month, two. And then we meet again, and she says, see, I told you, and I go, hmm. And then, you know, it was around April, May 2020, where I was like going, there's something not right here, and I was watching different pieces of alternative news, and then I go, this is smelling like a rat.
7: Well, there's no doubt there's been an assault on freedoms in Canada, but Australia has been at a different level almost this whole time.
6: They will try to push it here too
7: right hopefully not now what do you make of uh, one of the premiers there saying that yes we're going to keep these camps open
3: and uh, they may have to be used for the unvaccinated um so um our wedding wedding rings are from my husband's grandparents who left these wedding rings when they went to concentration camps when uh during hitler um so these camps are really scary um, to us, because uh, of course, his uh, my husband's um, grandfather died because he was hiding Jews. Um, in con- he died in concentration camps, and um, so we know the history. We came from Europe. We know the history of Hitler, communist country. It is it's scary. I'm thinking, are they gonna take me there one day? Yeah. Wow, that's a scary thought. Now your grandfather was hiding, he got caught hiding
7: Jews? Is that what happened?
6: Uh, the, he was part of the non-communist uh, re, uh, uh, resistance group and apparently there was one snitch who, you know, informant who actually told on them so he knew that Gestapo is coming for him so he took his wedding ring and, and put it in. Fortunately, enough Gestapo had Good information in the sense that they just arrested him because his family, they have no clue what he was doing. So they just took him away and left the family alone and I wear his ring.
7: Wow, that is so, I'm speechless. Now, what do you say to the people who say, oh, this is so horrible for you to compare the Holocaust to what we're experiencing
6: now? It's a similar thing. We both just lost our jobs. We don't know what we will do for work because you know Bonnie Henry just decided that we don't need to work if we're not vaccinated and I can't with good conscience just to go with it it's just impossible for me so we just have to fight it somehow we'll see God will provide for us and how we will be coping with this don't know now yet what we're gonna do
7: well this is a little interesting Uh, we've asked a lot of people and apparently there is no uh, organizer here on the ground simply a poster that went around and circulated around social media if you look at the bottom of it here it says reignite democracy in australia that's what actually brought people here hard to know if it's happening across the world now if you are new to rebel news or you're just watching this and haven't yet helped join our fight we don't just fight to bring you the other side of the story, we also fight to defend freedoms across the world in places like Canada, Australia the UK. Now if you want to learn more about how you can join that fight in Canada, you can go to our special website called fightvaccinepassports.com there you can learn about over 20 cases that we've taken on to fight employment mandates that say no jab, no pay and we are even challenging governments including in the province of BC for their tyrannical vaccine passports. This has to end. This is not safe. We need a better future for Canada and the world. So join us at fightvaccinepassport.com. All donations are charitable because we've done this by partnering with the Democracy Fund. They're the ones that hire the lawyers and take care of the legal fees with your donations. So again, that's fightvaccinepassports.com. Well, I'd like to see the Australians liberated as well as everybody across the world. We must stop this tyranny so you can join our fight at fightvaccinepassports.com. I also want to say that a gentleman came up to us today and handed us $40 for Rebel News. He wanted to donate, hadn't had a chance to do so before and he appreciates the independent journalism that we do. We don't take a penny from the federal government's media bailout, which means we rely on people like that individual. can do the same if you'd like to support our journalism by donating at rebelnews.com slash donate. We appreciate your support.